If tomorrow all the things will go, I'd worked for all my life, and I had to start again with just my family by my side. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom And you can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the man who died And gave that right to me And I gladly stand up Next to you, I defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this man. God bless the USA. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee. Across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and through your to LA, there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say, and I'm proud to be an American, or at least I know I'm and I won't forget the man who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Take your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 10. You know, Memorial Day is a is a, a wonderful people, that's all it is. But it's a time to sac to, to remember the sacrifices made by the young women and men who put on a uniform and, and gave the ultimate price so that we can be here today. I want to share something we as we get started this morning. 
this article I was reading. And it was a uh, Larry Miller, the commander of the VF Post uh, Post One Two Nine Nine, was asked about Memorial Day services. What do you think about it? The ones that they did. And he says, I have trouble answering questions about what things like this mean to me. Usually I keep things internal, but it's a day that we can recognize who gave their life for our country. Miller said, he's a Vietnam veteran who turned 74 this year. He said, their sacrifice means that I'm free to have those thoughts. He said, when I was over in Europe, I visited one of the battlefield cemeteries in Enzo, in Italy. You see all those white crosses with a few Star of Davids in it. They said it caught my throat. And I realized all these men had died to protect America. Bank says, we went to Luxembourg. We went to one of the, the cemeteries there. When you see Looks like for miles. It's a thought you never forget. Because those boys never came home. There's 25 American military cemeteries in 10 foreign countries. They're in France, Belgium, United Kingdoms, the Philippines, Panama, Italy. Luxembourg, Mexico, Netherlands, Tunisia. The number of the soldiers buried in those cemeteries is 130,000. The young soldiers who never made it home. That's not counting the 81,900 Americans still considered MIA who don't have a place. There's 72,598 from World War II, 7,580 from the Korean War, 1,587 from Vietnam, 126 from the Cold War, and six conflicts since 1991. That's not counting the, the, the countless parents who were called and told your child died in a training accident, but no other information given. On Memorial Day is to preach a sermon to honor young men and women who gave their life. And I looked for a poem that would represent what you could say. And I found a lot of beautiful poems, but I never could find one that would say from my heart, what I wanted to say. And it's the, the thought that someone gave their life so that I could be free. Something we don't think about. But then again, how many people think about the one who gave his life that I could truly be free? And in today's society, we see that happening both to our soldiers and to our saviors. So as I look for a sermon this, this week, Lord, Acts chapter 10.
a soldier. It starts in verse 1. It says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all of his house which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming to him saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for memorial before God. His actions came up as a memorial, just like the actions of a soldier who gives it all. Cornelius' life was a memorial before God. And I thought about it. I said, man, what an awesome, awesome thing. Here's man, he's a soldier. He, he just, you think he commands other soldiers. He tells them what to do. He leads them into battle. But yet his life and his testimony was enough that people saw and realized that he feared God. And it said not only did him, but his whole house feared God. And that's kind of unheard of for a soldier, for especially a centurion, for this to be said. And, and, and God looked at him and, and he sent Peter to share the gospel with him and him and his whole house become, get saved. But what a wonderful thing it is. I wanted, I said, you know, just it, it, it's the kind of life I would love to have. I'd like to have my life be like the uh, a memorial that people say, "Hey, I know who Jesus is because of Him. I know because of what God can do because I've seen it in His life." You know, as we celebrate Memorial Day, we think about these soldiers whose life, because of what they gave, they have freedom. We have the ability to do things. And I would love for my life to be that kind of a life that people will say, hey, I know Jesus because of him. I know Jesus because of what you do. And I want, I looked at it and I said, you know, the best way to do it is take a man who God said he's a memorial before me, his actions are, and look at his life, the short little paragraphs we have about him, these verses we have, and, and, and gather we can about a man who God says your life has come up as a memorial before me. And the first thing we see is, is he was a devout man. So and I thought, I said, what does it mean to be devout? And I said, well, his everyday life showed what he was. It wasn't just, you know, you know, he put on a uniform and he became something else. No, his everyday life, wherever he went, it was known he was devout in his faith. He was devout in his beliefs. Yeah, you know, I got. I said, you know, how do you show that your life's devout? And it's, it, you don't have a sign that walks. You walk around and say, "Hey, look at me, I'm devout." But you know, I, 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 I put it on you. Because know, here, let me tell you, a lot of us have that. If we use it on Sunday mornings, we get up, we go to church, we say, look at me, I went to church, and hey, I'm a good person because I sang louder than the one beside me. And, 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 and bless Gina's heart, she had to listen to that this morning. But it's, that's, you know, just because you got up and came to church doesn't make you a devout person. What makes you a devout person is how you act when you're not in here. How you handle adversity, how you handle problems, how you handle the things of just everyday life. 
Paul basically, if you ever read a lot of Paul, you, you realize he basically considered our life like a walk, a, 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 a race. And, and that walk that we do, your everyday life, the walk that you're in is so important. And let me, let me share this verse with you because he, he said it in, in Romans chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, a couple of verses here. He said, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. See, there should be something about you says, hey, I'm not what I used to be. I'm, I, 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 hey, I, was, I was lost. I walked in darkness. I did things that weren't pleasing. But now I should walk in the newness of life. And people, I say, there's something about the way they walk. I want what they have. It's, it's, it's got to show in everything you do. You, you think of this, you know, old habits and conduct. Are, are contrary to what God wants in our life or His will, we ought to do away with. And maybe you've got a bad habit. Anybody? You know, we all got enough people. I'm not going to tell you my bad habit, preacher. I ain't asking you to tell me what your bad habit is. Because I know we all got them. Every one of us do. Some of them's worse than others. I got a bad habit. I like to eat. Toward my doctor, that's a very bad habit to have. I got to change it. I don't know how I'm going to do that. You see, there's one thing I know. I do have somebody to help me change my bad habits. I got somebody I can talk to about it all the time. Get strength for. Say, Lord, I need some help. You, you, you realize that, 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 that basically we follow the will of God every day. You, you don't realize that it was God's will this morning that you woke up. Now, here's where, that's kind of where it ends in a way because here's your chance. When you get up, God's allowed you to get up. What are you going to do? You know, most when you get dressed or you get up and get you some coffee so you can get dressed. But within, how many of you have ever put your shoes on the wrong feet? So I, I see, you know, now, now, now Genesis and Remy, they're the world's worst. They'll put some things on and it don't seem to bother them at all. But when, you, when you're wanting to do God's will, it's like this. If you get up and you're not going to do God's will that day, you know, each time I allow you to live. But it's like putting your shoes on the wrong feet. You ain't going to be comfortable. You're not going to walk right. Things is just not going to be, be good. All day you're going to be going, I don't know what it is. And by the end of the day, you go, I don't know what happened today, but my feet are killing me. Now, when you, you, you follow God's will, it's like putting your shoes on the right feet. Now, that don't mean you're going to stand up all the time. How many of you, like me, I could trip over air. I don't have no problem with that. And just sometimes staying upright is a challenge. And I'll step in things. I stepped in some gum the other day at work on the way to the parking lot, and I think I stretched it three miles so I got to my truck. And I'm still trying to get that stuff off. I don't know who could chew a wad of gum that big. You know, when you walk, you're going to walk in things that's not pleasing. You're going to have things in your life that, that, that's, that's not right. You might fall. You might step in something. You might get muddy. You might get dirty. You, things in life happen because life happens. But are you allowing God's will to direct you?
Because things have, you know, that's the thing about following God's will. When things go bad, he's there with you. So, you, and the way you handle it, the way you walk shows how devout you are. You know, our walk is shown by what we do. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. He said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah, I don't know about y'all. I, 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 you don't realize how much you rely on faith when you're a child of God and say, Lord, I, I don't know even what's going to happen today. I'm just going to let you lead me. I mean, if you ever get up and do that, say, Lord, today is all yours. You have it. You do it with me, whatever you want. How many of you, let me ask this. How many of you plan everything in your day? Anybody? You know, at 6.05, I'm going to get up. 6.06, I'm going to be drinking coffee. 6.07, I'm going to have my socks on really quick. You, you think about it. Sometimes we, 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 we plan everything, but you can't. You don't know what's going to happen. How many of you felt really good than going to the doctor and found out you weren't? How many of you ever been in a car and everything worked right and then when you crank it up, it tears up? I got a friend at work and he, he was telling me that he's down to one car. thing that had it in common, me. I said, huh? He said, for everybody else at work, when I got in it, it tore up. See, that's life. Things happen. I said, God, I know you got this. I don't understand sometimes why I got to go through this. I don't understand why sickness happens. I don't understand why bad things happen. I don't understand why I'm going through this, but I'm going to trust you because I don't know about y'all. If I see something bad coming, I'm going the other way. If I can have the ability to stop it, I will. If I walk by faith, Lord, you've got this. I'm not going to try to fix it. I'm going to let you lead me and let you guide me. That's being devout, no matter what happens. You know, walking by faith, it, it, it's simple because what you're doing is you're trusting in the promises and the character of God. When you walk by faith and not by sight, you, you, you say, I've never seen him, but I know he's there. Because if he wants to move the mountain before me, he'll move it. If he needs to move the river, he'll move it. Whatever it takes, I know he's there. Now, I might sometimes have to climb up that mountain. I might have to go through the waters, but he's always there with me. See, another thing we, we learn about Cornelius, not only was a doubt, devout man, but look at verse 2. It says, he was one that feared God. Ecclesiastes tells us this, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 says this, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. I think that ought to be the last verse in the Bible. Because it said this, it says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole day. That sums everything, that sums everything in here up. You know, Fear God. And it's not like, oh, it's the Lord. No, it's being reverent to Him. Understanding who He is. You know, we choose to fear God. You, you have the choice to, to, to fear God and, and, and not be in the bondage of sin. You ever think, if we love what God loves and hate what God's hate, we'd be a lot better. 
You know, we, we, we don't realize, I mean, the, the Bible's full of things that we're supposed to do. And not, you know, that's why he gave us the, 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 the law. That's why he gave us things in the Bible to do is because he says, I don't like this. Don't do it. But we're, 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 we're like a little kid. Hey, don't touch that. It's hot. You know, there's, you ever notice that when you know you're not supposed to do it, we're drawn to it because that's the sinful heart we have. But if we... We'd fear God, and God says, hey, don't touch that. Okay, I'm going to get over here on this side of it because you don't want me to touch it. That way I'm far enough away from it. But we don't do it. You know, we, we, we're, bad. We're, we're in bondage to the sin. Jesus told us this in John 8, 34. He said, Jesus answered, said, Barely, barely, I say unto you, whosoever committed sin is a servant to sin. And that's like a bad habit. If it's a simple bad habit, you ever know you do it no matter what? How many of you got problems with four-letter adjectives? You ain't going to raise your hand, you know, and, and you use them quite often. It, it cracks me up at work because there's those who, who know who I am and, 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 and they'll say something and they'll go, oh, I'm sorry. Well, don't say it to start with. You won't have to be sorry. That's, it's a learned habit now. I mean, how many of you remember when you was a little kid and you said that first bad word in front of your mom? I got slapped. You know, you didn't do that. And now you watch it on TV, it's on cartoons, it's in everything. It's accepted. Because people don't fear. People don't have reverence for God. Look at the things in the world. Look at the way things are happening. We blame everything for take. And the problem is we took God out of everything. Oh, well, well, oh, it's this is fault. This is why this happened. It's this fault. This is why it happened. No, it's because we turned our back on God as a nation. And that's where we are today. We, we took prayer out of school. We took prayer out of the government. We put Took God out of everything we possibly can. No one offend nobody. But it's okay to cuss. It's okay to be unmoral. It's okay to kill babies. It's okay to commit all kind of crimes. It's okay to do all this because, hey, we're tolerant of what everybody thinks. Sin, sin. And if we had realized that, we'd fear God more. We'd respect him more. But we don't live that way. Another way is, is, is to be a man who fears God is you gotta, you got to learn to trust the Lord daily. Isn't it amazing that people that will, will, will fear God when bad things happen, but when it starts getting good, we, we start thinking, well, look what I've done. And God's the last on your, their mind. I've seen it time and time again where people, everything starts going good. Well, hey, God's out of the question. But before, man, they were some of the most devout Christians there was until things started going their way. You know, when, when we ought to realize that we ought to be fearful enough of God that we ought to confess our sin to God and ask Him to help us walk every day. You know, He's our refuge. I mean, how many of you, how many of you have ever done something stupid and then gone and say, hey, I need help getting out of it? Guys, have you ever done any plumbing? You wasn't really a good plumber. You go to the store, you buy everything they possibly got except what you really need. You try everything you possibly bought 
and there's water spewing everywhere. Finally, I said, well, I got to call somebody. I remember my car broke down one time. I tried to fix it. Well, by the time I got through trying to fix it, I didn't know where half the parts were that I had tried to fix it with. And I said, I got to call somebody for some help. Want to put it back together. It won't even run now. I learned a little bit about how to fix cars after that. You see, if I would have gone to somebody to start with, I'd have been in better shape. We learn to trust God on everything we do instead of waiting until we're in trouble, we'd be in better shape. The psalmist said this in Psalm 62, verse 8. He said, trust in him some of the time. No, it says, trust in him all times. He says, you trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. For God is a refuge for us. If we would just do that, boy, we'd be in a lot better shape instead of waiting until things go bad. Another way to fear God is something people don't do anymore. It's highly value and respect the Bible. Highly value and respect. You realize that, that most people don't even care about their Bible anymore? I, 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 we got Bibles here at the church that people left the last time they were here. Got a good collection of them. You know how I know? It's got their name still on it. It's in their seat where they were at last time. People don't, I mean, this isn't just something you pick up and break church. Actually, I'll be honest, this one stays at church. I've got this one. I got one in my truck. I got one at my desk at my office. I got about five in my library. I got one in my phone all the time. So this is when I leave here. When I go to funerals and weddings, this is the one I use, unless it's here. I have a black one I like to use for that. Most people don't even know where their Bible is. Now, you know, today we live in a society, there's no excuse not to have one. If you've got a cell phone, you can have a Bible. Now, I mean, everybody's glued to them things. You'd think we'd open up something that'd be good. But nobody does. The Bible is not respected. The word of God is not respected at all. You know, the Bible today is under attack in a way that it never has been before. We need to make a personal commitment to stand on God's truth. Like Paul did. Paul said in Romans 1.16, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. Do you realize the Bible has the ability to change people's lives? But yet we don't care about it anymore. You know, we, 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 we ignore it. I, I like when somebody who's never read or hadn't read in a long time reads something and says, well, I didn't know that was in there. it sounded good you know that's what's bad that's where most people get their bible is off t-shirts and things that it's printed on and set it out of God's word we took the bible out of schools and look what you think about something we took the bible out of schools and one of the places you can get them is in prison 
Somewhere we got that backwards, didn't we? When we took the Bible away from children and then we started telling them, hey, you're okay, you're great. Now look at where we're at today. Another way that you fear God is that you worship God every day. How many of us worship? I mean, do you do you do you study his word? When you study his word, that's worshiping. You're listening to him. You worship through studying his word. How many of you how many of you ever just sing to him when you're at home? Anybody? Besides Gina. I mean, you know, hey, you want to just drive people bananas this summertime, roll your windows down, put in your favorite song, sing praise to the Lord, stop at a red light, and you watch windows roll up beside you. But there is something, it, it's amazing. And you can listen to a song about it. Eating on and, and say, oh, that's a good song. I really like that one. Listen to a song about drinking. Listen to a song about drugs. Listen to a song about sex. All that you can think of. And you realize you're putting it in your mind. Guess what it's doing? It's corrupting your heart. Take a week and just sing praises to the Lord. It, it, it's like take a week and say, hey, I'm going to cut out sugar. I'm going to cut out coffee. And, and it might not be easy to start with, but when you get done with it, you'll feel a lot better. Take some time to praise him. You know, uh, David said in Psalms 40, after being in a horrible place, after God finally, he finally cried out to God, God picked him up out of the miry clay and 